Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Hope you're having a good week. Just getting it started here on the Peristyle Podcast. We're going to talk with Coach RV Hyde about some USC football stuff. We're getting closer to Pac-12 media days. SEC media days are actually starting. There's some interesting opening comments from uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. We'll talk about that a little bit. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Dot com, or you can give us a call, send us a text, leave us a voicemail at 424-254-9141. We'd love to hear from you. Put your questions and comments on the podcast, and we'll do our best to comment and answer anything that you send our way. Uh, if you want to subscribe, we'd love that. iTunes.com slash Peristyle Podcast. Leave us some positive feedback. Uh, that's awesome. Five-star rating. Any comments, obviously, you can send it to us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Let us know what you think. And uh, without further ado, I want to bring in the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. What is up, Coach? What's going on? Everything is great. Everything is just great. Fabulous, fabulous. Nice hot weather, getting ready for fall camp. No smog, so it makes it clear. A little haze, but uh, I can see all the uh, coaches and head coaches preparing for media day, preparing for practice schedules, preparing for uh, recruiting as you do it every day. All the different things you have to do as far as getting ready for the coming season. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting to that time. We're getting you know later later in July. Camp's starting in July now, so we're moving things up. I'm gonna we're gonna t- talk about that a little bit. Uh, but I want to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. They've been sponsoring the Peristyle Podcast for many many years, and they've been great to us over the years. If you need have any kind of ticket needs for not just sporting events but like theater plays things like that, you can go to sctickets.com or call them at one eight hundred eight 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 seven two eight seven. And they will hook you up. Uh, go to Southern California Tickets at sctickets.com. We would appreciate it. They would appreciate it. And uh, they've been really nice to us over the years. So give them a try. Check them out. See if you like them. Uh, I think you will. Um, I know they will. I know they will. Coach knows. See, he's, he's smart about these things. Um, yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, you know, it's only baseball right now. So it's not like the, the peak ticket season, I guess you would say. Uh, we got the all-star break that ended up being like the slowest day of the sports year where there's no, you know, none of the major four sports are going. Uh, but there, things are starting up, like we said. And, uh, with SEC media days starting today, um, coach, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts because I remember last year at, at Pac-12 media days, you hear Larry Scott opening comments and it took several minutes before football was even mentioned. And most of his talk was about things other than football, even though this is football media days. And so it's just such a different mentality. I'm not watching the entire, and it's going on right now as we're recording, um, the SEC media days, you know, the commissioner's opening comments. And um, it's pretty much about football. It's just, it seems like it's such a different mindset, Coach. Well, it is. Uh, you know, uh, uh, people come from different walks of life. Uh, they have different backgrounds and uh, they get the 
their uh, break uh, and uh, hoping that this person is an experienced type of person that's been in the field of athletics as far as collegiate athletics all his life and has worked his way up through the different season, uh, systems as far as a commissioner, an athletic director, commissioner, blah, 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 an assistant commissioner, whatever it takes to get there. And uh, Larry didn't do that. Larry came a different route and uh, got one of the top uh, conferences in uh, collegiate athletics and has administrated like that. He just, uh, I mean, you've heard me talk, nothing against him personally, except a different mindset, a different type of personality, a different type of, of uh, protection of your conference, uh, highlighting your conference, making sure that your conference gets the great exposure that it's necessary. You're telling me now that the SEC Media Day is going on a, a great channel that's uh, seen everywhere, and it's a three- or four-day event, uh, big radio row and everything else that goes on. While you know, they know how to market their conference. They know how to market their their athletic programs, and uh, they get a jump before anybody else. And they do a great job as people are starving for football. Uh, we uh, in the West or in the Pac-12 have it at some movie theater or movie uh, <laughs> studio you know, or compound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we ought to have a concert, too, at the same time for entertainment. And parking's terrible. Facilities are terrible. Television is terrible. Exposure is television. Terrible. The media is upset before they get there because of parking and everything else. And the hotels they stay at cost three or $400 a night. So, you know, it's a whole different mindset. And, uh, you know, he speaks for the entire Pac-12. Now, the entire Pac-12 probably doesn't agree with all of this, but they continue renew renewing his contract. And as long as they renew it, he's making, I don't know, what, two, three million a year probably, plus bonuses on what he brings in then he's safe. And I guess they're happy with what he's doing. And if they're happy with what he's doing, uh, who are we? But I certainly don't agree with his administration and the way he goes about things as far as now the Pac-12 network. And you've heard everybody, Dan Weber, everybody else explain what's going on there. But nobody seems to care. Yeah, Coach. And uh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's just like night and day watching the two um, and I get that the SEC, there's a more passionate fan base and stuff, but you don't, I mean, they're kind of embracing, they're embracing what works there and football is what works. And it doesn't seem that Larry Scott is embracing that at all. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens when we go on Jan, on, uh, January, July 26th and 27th up in Hollywood, Hollywood and Highland. We'll check it out at, uh, Pac-12 Media Days. But what a couple of the interesting things that came up this morning, at least in the first part, of the commissioner's comments as coach were um, there. The SEC was discussing a 14 week season, um, which would be kind of interesting. But one of the things he did not want to do was have practice begin earlier in the summer. So acknowledging that we've already moved up practice a little bit and it can impact players um, having, uh, you know, summer school and things like that because of the new rule about the two-a-days being cut out. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that, you know, maybe you want to extend. It sounds like he would rather extend the season uh, a little further uh, if you do if you do want to do that because they don't want to start earlier because we're already starting earlier with this new rule change. Well, I agree with that. I, I don't like seeing uh, these kids and is uh, cutting everything short and uh, coming back earlier and earlier and earlier as far as practice. There's no off-season. There's no time to recover there's no time to rehab uh 
You know, it's uh, it just continually goes on and on and on. Yeah, I would like to, you know, double days wasn't really double days as far as hitting two practices a day. Normally your morning practice either went shorts and shoulder pads or shorts and helmets, walking through everything, timing things out, teaching the new things. And in the afternoon, at a cooler time of the day, you'd go through almost the exact same practice and doing it in full pads. So, you know, due to the lack of understanding what happens on a football field, a lot of times people make these rules without understanding but they've never played or gone through double days or know how long a season is continue to do these different things because they think of safety first which is very important but they forget about the length of a season and then the fatigue and, uh, and how a body wears out and towards the end of the year is when you're supposed to be peaking and not at uh, declining because you're exhausted you know, and you play a Thursday night game, you play a Friday night game, you play all these different games, too, that mix up your schedule. You go across the country, time zones change. These kids go through a lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's advocating more games. I think he's advocating maybe a rest, maybe having a bye in there. Maybe, like USC doesn't have a bye this year, doing things to give their kids a chance to uh, be at top peak at the end of the year during conference play, and I, and I agree with that 100%. I don't like this starting early. I've been against it all along. Uh, I haven't seen or heard anybody say much about it because it doesn't do any good for the coaches to say anything about it because the rules have already been made by whoever makes those rules. I just hope that the athletic directors uh, and the administrators who vote on this stuff at least talk to the coaches as far as getting their feelings as far as what their thoughts might be. The worst thing in the world is always to be told what you're going to do rather than get the thoughts of a professional who works with these kids years year-round. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on, and uh, it's going to be a long, long summer camp uh, before you play your first game. And, uh, again, uh, you know, that's that's what they're going for. It's the old, I don't know what he wants. It's not the dollar all the time, but I, it's 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 phony, okay? Yeah, it's a lot of it's just all phony stuff. One of the other topics. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead coach. What's that? What uh, were you going to? I didn't want to interrupt you there. What were you saying? No, no, you didn't interrupt me. Okay. One of the other topics um, was that uh, so Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, wanted to make collaborative instant replay permanent. And hope that it would become like standardized across college football. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I know the SEC did it uh, like an experimental basis, I believe, last year, 2016. And what what the collaborative instant replay just means is kind of like it's what the NFL does, where everything there's corporate headquarters is like assisting, so the replays can go through. You don't have to have like individual guys at each place. At least there'll be you know at the corporate office uh, assistance for a replay, so everything would kind of feed through there to make it a little more standardized and things like that. And, uh, I know some of the other, some of the other conferences have, have done things on, you know, different, uh, you know, kind of an experimental basis, but it, do you think that's the way we're going now with instant replay? What do you think about all that? No, I agree with Greg. I had a chance to spend a lot of time with him when he was out here for the U2 concert. Uh, you know, I was with him and, and, you know, he's, he's always thinking on the best way of doing things. And I think they're, Sometimes the Southeastern Conference are the ones that are thinking and setting policies, but they make sense. And I think that if you have the same organization making the call, the same uh, the same uh, following of the rule interpretation by the same person, then every then 
every stadium have their own interpretation of what a what a, a target is or what a a certain call might be. And I think it should be consistently called the same way. There's so many so much inconsistency on some of the calls. You know, you say, "Oh no, how can that be?" And in one conference it's one way, and in another conference it's another way. But if you have the uh, uh, the the regular routine people interpreting these rules, I think it's good, and I and I'd like to see it be all standardized. I, I think uh, it should be. Now, if a game's not televised, uh, a lot of these games are all being streamed now. So I don't know how they would do that on a lot of the games that aren't televised. But most games are all televised in some way or another. But I think that it's important now with the pressure on coaches and the difference in winning and losing and one game making a difference and going to a bowl game or costing a coach a job, I think it's got to be really consistent and I think it's got to be professionally uh, officiated. Uh, you know, the game is so fast and so big now, you can miss a call, but you don't see the entire play. And a lot of times these are being overturned, and I think they should be overturned. At the beginning of instant replay, I wasn't for it. Because most of the calls, 98% of the calls are correct. But that 2% today makes a difference in a ball game or a future or bowl game or whatever. So I think it should be consistent. That way everybody knows what's going on. It isn't interpreted in different ways. When different crews work different games and bowl games or, or non-conference games or whatever, I think it should all be the same. Coach, okay, this is pretty funny. Now, I've been... I've just, uh, I'm in the office recording this podcast and, uh, I, I turned on the SEC media days, you know, on the, on the TV, on the SEC network. And, you know, I was paying attention. I was getting stuff ready, you know, preparing for the podcast. Um, you ran into Greg Sankey at the YouTube, U2 concert, uh, apparently. I mean, you can tell that story, but he quoted, uh, from a U2 song in some of his opening remarks. I forget exactly what the quote was, but he said that was one of his favorite bands on the, you know, just today. Well, uh, he was there. I can, uh, I can validate that too, you know. He was there and there were a lot of people there that, uh, that really did surprise me. People from ESPN, Greg Sankey, uh, uh you know, on, on and on and on, uh, uh, that, uh, I was shocked, uh, and had an opportunity at meeting and what, uh, down to earth people, down to earth, I mean, uh, I think I even tweeted out a, a picture of us together. And, you know, not in a suit and tie, not phony, a real guy, a real intelligent person that could sit and talk around the table about anything. You could ask him any question, and he wasn't in a hurry to get up and leave and looking around the room, who else there he should shake somebody's hand with, uh, you know, and no phoniness, the real deal. And I immediately liked him, and, and he gave me a cell number. I've got it in my contact thing, and I asked him, I said, really? Now, and this is true. I said, I'd like to have you on my show sometime. He says, Coach, anytime. Let's work a schedule on out, and I'll be happy. Now, I'll call Larry Scott's office. <laughs> he didn't return the call. <laughs> I can't even get his secretary to return a call. And his secretary is married to someone who was with us at UNLV. Now, that shows it's pretty bad. I can't even get him to speak at passing the quarterback club, where we have, you know, the, the owner of the Chargers, the president of the Rams, uh, you know, Clay Helton, everybody. He won't even return a call to come to Southern California, and when he's here, come over and talk to 
the tournament of roses people the rose bowl that has a, a you know contract with the pac 12 and the big 10 and I, I i challenge him to what i'm saying if it isn't true they don't even turn your phone call the other guy wants to wants to do a show anytime he wants now that shows you the difference in leadership and immediately i like this guy because he's not afraid to sit down with you he didn't know me we just sat down and started talking now this is the commissioner of the southeastern conference <laughs> and and i can't even get a phone call from the other clown <laughs> that, okay that is pretty funny and it's if it was reversed where the, you're talking about the 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 conference the smaller conference the not as popular conference and the guy was you were talking to him because well you know it's not that big of a deal this is the most popular conference in college football the biggest the strong you know all of that and the commissioner, you know, so the most powerful commissioner that we would have in college football, and he's willing to talk to you, and and Larry Scott is not. So that, yeah, no. that, that that doesn't bode well. No, and and that's absolutely the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And you were right when you said the opening of the Pac-12 Media Day. You go there and they play a video to tell you how many championships they've won and this and that. And so he has nothing to do with that. He's taking credit for all the championships that Stanford won and UCLA won and SC won and all the success of the conferences, what do you have to do with that? You never have to do with that. What he needs to do is decide what he needs to do to make it better. Better nationally, better for his conferences, better for every single thing. Marketing, getting them in bowl games, doing the things that are necessary, defending his schools when they get in trouble, like the way he came to USC's support, really came to his support when they, when they got the <laughs> sanctions. I think he took a vacation for two years. I'm not quite sure where he was or anybody else in the Pac-12. Nobody supported USC during that period of time. So, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just telling you the true facts. Maybe I am picking on somebody. Anybody that doesn't think this is true, check it out. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right, coach. It's, uh, it's, it's night and day the way the two conferences work. It's more, you get the feeling at the Pac-12, at the Pac-12, it's more about they're trying, to show you, hey, we're not as bad as you think. <laughs> you know, like it's more about that as opposed to, hey, here's what we do well. Here's what we're going to be doing going forward. So, uh, but we'll look forward to that in a couple of weeks coming up. I'm uh, checking it out in Hollywood and Highland. Um, we had a question from Tarek coach and, uh, about the Pac 12 Media Day. He says, what should be the focus of Clay Helton's Pac 12 Media Day remarks? I thought that was a good question. Well, uh, it is a good, and Tark, first of all, I want to thank you very much for being a part of our show and all the other podcasts. You really bring very good questions and it's good to have people involved and we try to answer your questions. Remember, they're just our opinion. But I think he'll, he, he'll come with his humbleness the way he is. And, uh, I think that he'll come and he's bringing his two players and he'll give the players and administration all of the, uh, uh, applause to why they're successful at USC and the tradition at USC and what a great opportunity he's had and experience at coaching at USC. He's a very humble man, and he's a player's coach, and I think the players and the coaches love to work with him. I think he'll talk about the challenges of this coming year and the things that need to be accomplished as far as for USC, not in winning a national championship, but in being successful. He's not a guy to boast about, hey, we're playing for – you know, going to the playoff game, which fortunately this year 
uh, is going to be in the Rose Bowl and what a matchup that could be. What if it was USC and Ohio State or something like that in the Rose Bowl on uh, January the 1st as far as for a playoff game? And the other playoff game being Florida State and maybe uh, Alabama. Wow. That, that would be exciting. Now, I'm just putting that. That's not what the question was. But uh, I, I, I just think that he is the type of person to talk about his program. And he'll compliment all the other programs. And I think that's what you should do as far as uh, the reigning Rose Bowl champion. And he'll talk about uh, how the conference has competed. And he'll welcome the new coaches, uh, the new coach at Oregon, Talbert, and these other people who are now in the Pac-12 and uh, talk about and, and allow the media to ask him questions, which he'll honestly answer. And I think he'll allow his players to get involved you know there's so many coaches and you've been there i'm sometimes embarrassed uh that the interest for some of these other schools really aren't there uh sometimes the players that come down for two days they aren't even asked a question and, and you notice that ryan they sit up there next to their head coach and they open it up for questioning and and so on and they might be asked one question i think that's embarrassing i think that the media should respect each individual school that comes and uh, and ask each coach maybe the same question. Maybe they should be the, the first four questions to uh, each coach, the same question, so you have a pattern of what the questions are to get the media going and then go to the players and maybe ask similar questions to the players, at least four questions per player, so that there's a feeling and a feeling of uh, – that you're involved, and it was worth your time to come down here and be involved in a media day. You know, uh, you've seen it happen, I, I, and I don't attend media day anymore, okay? I just want you to know because of where it's held and and uh, you can't get a seat and everything else. I've just decided I'd rather read the, the media guides and uh, do what I have to do than to fight that crowd and fight all of that. So I, I think that's what should be done. I think it should be structured where, first of all, it's comfortable for the players and coaches, comfortable for the media as far as, far as having nice areas to sit, relax, air-conditioned, a nice luncheon for the media and, and coaches and players, and a great atmosphere. And it hasn't been that. And correct me, Ryan, you've been at all of them. Uh, sometimes it's very embarrassing that some programs, they don't even get asked questions, and I don't think that's right. You know, they, they've, so they've changed it up a little bit now, coach, um, where, which I don't know if I like it or not, but it's different. You can, um, they'll put the head coach up at the front of the room at a podium and then they'll, each player will be at a podium in, in the back of the rooms individually. So it's not like you get to hear from everybody all at once. You have to, like, you have to basically move around. So you'll go up. If you have some questions for the head coach, you go talk to him. If you have, then each of the two players. Oh, could, Super Bowl approach, approach, yeah. Yeah, it's a little more Super Bowl approach, but so it's a little different. Yeah, yeah that that did get awkward when they would everyone would be up there uh, on the stage, and those and that's when I think they tried to do everything in one day. So at least it's it's split up a little bit more, and you have a little bit more uh, more time uh, to do the kind of stuff. But yeah, it's I don't know. It's uh, they could learn a lot, I think, from watching the SEC <laughs> days. Well, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I said, I don't attend it, but uh, I hope they're improving it. I yeah. thought the best place to have it, where they quit, they only had it one year, was the Rose Bowl. That was great. 
it was great because that's where all the teams are trying to end up in the Rose Bowl. To be in the Rose Bowl, especially this year with the playoff game there, to have it there in the atmosphere of the Rose Bowl, to have pictures, radio row, uh, the media there, eat there. I mean, it's fabulous. It's beautiful. And, and But yet, there was a one-year shot because I'm not sure what the reason was they changed it. I know it was a warm day. But they have the facilities that have everything inside in the beautiful locker rooms. It's unbelievable, or whatever, the press box. But I think it was too good, so they changed it. <laughs> it you know, it's funny. I think you're right. Um, that was my favorite. It, it was really hot that day. I still have my Rose Bowl hat. I still wear it. It's all, you know, sweat marks and stuff on it now. But from that, I mean, that was like eight or nine years. I don't forget how long ago that was. Um, but that was definitely cool uh, having at the Rose Bowl. And now with the new press box and everything, they could do stuff, you know, up there or back on the field, whatever they wanted to do. I, I thought that was cool. It was really great, I'll tell you. I happened to be uh, on the football committee, the Hall of Fame committee at that time for the Terminal Rose and so on, and uh, we helped put that together. Let me write a bunch of people. But uh, for some reason, uh, it changed. It was just one year and it was gone. So I guess they needed to get downtown Hollywood more. He does love the Hollywood studios. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you where what's going to happen next, and, and you know what's going to happen, too, because I was on the committee in Vegas uh, when they were looking for the uh, – trying to get the Pac-12 championship game there, and it was between Vegas, San Diego, and San Francisco. They went to – right by Stanford and Cal. But uh, I was pushing uh, – to have it in Las Vegas, where they now have the, you know, the basketball tournaments in the middle of the Pac-12. It's great up there. It's a great time of year when rates are low. San Francisco room rates are what three, four hundred dollars a night. Doesn't make any sense. You go to Vegas during December, you get you know rooms, great rooms. It's a great city for special events, and you're going to have it there. Now with the Raiders going there, they're going to have a new stadium, so it just really makes sense to have the Pac-12 championship game there. It just just does yeah we'll see if that happens but i'm going to predict it does let's uh let's move on we got a question from don he said coach hyde you mentioned on a previous podcast that sam darnold has lost uh too much weight you hardly recognize him or he's lost so much weight you hardly hardly recognize him you were concerned that the coaches are trying to change him physically would you please say more about that thanks from don yeah, you know, I was going to do uh, on my website, I do a weekly, about a weekly or maybe sometimes two a week, short 10-minute podcast on different things. This week I put up one on uniforms and mascots, and uh, I was going to do one on that. Uh, you know, when a, when a player is successful, you want to continue with his success and who he is on what he does. You, you don't try to find the faults in a player. You point out the positives in a player, and you want to continue with that. You don't want to put on his mind, oh, I'm not throwing the ball well. Mel Kuyper says I have a little dip in my arm, so when I throw the ball now, I've got to satisfy Mel Kel uh, whatever his name Kuyper, is. Kuyper. Yeah. Kuyper, whatever his name is. I don't know where he played or anything, but he 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 thinks that his release is not correct. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody talking about my my players or telling me he has to change. I want my player to be himself and be cool. let him know I'm satisfied on who he is and what he stands for and 
hey, we won a lot of games with him. I don't want him thinking on the football field or off season, you know, trying to lose weight or do different things. If he's performing and he's really comfortable about who he is, why do I want to change him? I remember, uh, and I've said this before, Ryan, and you've heard this story about Randall, and I hate to point out Randall all the time, but he's a high-profile player like Sam was, and, you know, they said his release was too slow. His arm, he timed me through the ball. Well, the guy was 6'5 and had long arms. Obviously, it's going to be a little slower as far as the release than a guy that has shorter arms. And I told him that. But, oh, no, so they went in the second round, first quarterback selected, and everything you know, tells you what happened after that. Same with his punting. He used to punt the ball at about, well, his first-team All-American punter. Uh, and uh, and I saw one day my special teams coach tell him he was not holding the ball properly when he punted. I went down and said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm coaching him up, coach. He hadn't been holding the ball properly. I said, no, he's leading the nation in punting. What's he doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, please. <laughs> You can overcoach. You can you can overcoach, huh, coach? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. I'm trying to say and overthink. Leave your guys alone. Alone. Let them get better in what they do and be comfortable. Not thinking about that. And, you know, you've been. You read all the things about he's got a little hitch in his arm and he's not doing this right. And uh, you know, I leave the guy alone. Let your coaches coach. And Mel Kiper. You know, all he does is call around all the different schools and gets what they think or the NFL scouts think. Then he repeats it. So you know, just leave your mind alone. Take care of your players. Don't change too much too quickly. Let him be who he is. But I just love him the way he is. Just leave him alone. Yeah. Sometimes players is just he's good. He's good at what he does. Don't mess with it. Don't try to tweak this. Don't try to tweak that. No, they overcoach, like you said. They're overcoaching because they think they know more. That you know, you don't need a lot. Know a lot. All you need to do is get great players and have form up to their ability um one last topic coach and this is kind of interesting about uh coaches and the time they spend you know it's very it's busy for college you know we, we like we said fall camp starting a little earlier uh i'm i was pretty happy to hear that it sounds like most of the usc coaching staff were taking some uh, extended uh vacations maybe longer than in the past there's just not a lot of time or time off for these guys so as soon as the, uh, the the final Rising Stars camp ended, a lot of the coaches just took off and, uh, you know, got some well-deserved uh, rest and relaxation and trips that they're going on. Uh, but Matt from Woodland wants to know, and this might be re- reason why they need to just take off and, and chill for a while. He said, we see stories of football coaches sleeping in their offices. I'm curious how prevalent this is at USC and if it is truly necessary. Thanks for that one, Matt. Well, let me tell you, it depends uh, during the football season and where you live. Now, when I was in Las Vegas or Long Beach State or Hawaii or Pasadena City College, uh, I didn't have to sleep in my office because it took me 10 minutes to get home. Okay, so we would leave the office later, go in early, and it didn't make any difference what time we went in. We had no problem getting to work. But you live in Southern California and you're at USC and you live in Manhattan Beach, or if you're at UCLA, you live in, live in Ventura or somewhere up there, and you hit the 405, you hit the 110 or whatever freeway you come in on, 405, hey, it could be a long, long trip. So you figure, hey, I'm leaving the office at 2 in the morning. i got to be back here at 7. Time I go home, 
time I go to bed, time I get up, time I come back, hell, I could get another hour and a half, two hours sleep if I stay here in my cot. So sometimes it's smart to do that. In fact, uh, if I was Clay Helton or Jim Moore, I'd probably get right across the street several rooms for my staff. So they just walk across to the hotel there and just go to bed. They have a room all during camp period or whatever. Right. You know, you need your rest. You know, I don't want to see you sleeping on your in your desk chair. Uh, make it convenient, and your family understands that because they don't see you anyway. By the time you get home and when you get up and leave, so yeah, there is times you have to do that. But as I became more mature as a football coach, I found that a lot of the time you spent in the office was wasted. And especially now with all the computers and the breaking down of films and so on, everything's done for you the night of the game and ready for you the next morning. A lot of the time you spend in the office that we used to have and cutting up film and doing all of that, the computer work, is done for you. So, you know, you can uh, – I remember when I worked with George Allen at Long Beach State, you know, he would – and those stories are true about him uh, as far as wanting to – you know, be there and he'd call the other office to see if the other coaches were still there or answering the phone and all of that. He thought that the longer you're, the more chance you have at winning, you're outworking the other coach. That's all true. That's the way he actually felt. I remember we had a, a bye week and I forget who we were playing. And on a bye week, normally you go home early. You know, you get done your work, you go home early. And uh, he was having the guys like it was game week. So I went in his office. I was associate head coach. I had a good relationship as far as giving him suggestions. I went into his office and said, Coach, it's Halloween tonight. We've got young coaches with young families. Why would you, why are we here? I'll stay here with you. And he said, this is a true story now. So help me God. And he said, oh, no, no, we're losers if we do that. We're losers. I said, Go in there, call a staff meeting, and tell them, go on home. Go trick-or-treating with your kids. Why would we need to be here tonight? So he, you know, stumbled around and so on. All right, all right, get the coaches together. And and, and I love George Allen, okay? So I'm not just telling you a story, okay? I could, I could write a book, okay? So we went back in the staff room. He called them all in. He says, okay, guys, it's Halloween tonight. And I know this is the first time he's ever done this, okay? <laughs> I do know this because the coaches didn't know what we were having a staff meeting for, but he says, you guys can leave early, go home and go trick-or-treating, but be back here in the morning at 7. Okay. So we left, and I went back in his office. I could hear the door slamming before we even got back into his office. Bam, 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 bam. All these younger coaches. Bam, they were out of there, and they probably were calling their wives. I'm going with you, and we're coming home. That little type of morale edge to your coaches at times when you can do that is so rewarding as far as to them and, and, and their families as far as that. And the same thing with today's uh, coaches that are there. You have to allow your coach some time, like I say, players, to be able to regenerate it. I remember we'd be in the office at times and we weren't getting anywhere on a play or a series and I could look at my coaches and we were watching film. I'd look over and I'd see a head drop and a head drop. I knew it was time to quit. So I'd watch, turn the lights on, turn the lights, go over, said, okay, guys, we're done, be here in the morning. 
uh, there's a point of overworking your staff, overworking your players. And you've got to really know when you're doing that. Same with you and any type of business you have. You can overpressure in sales. You can do too much where, uh, where someone can't perform. So, uh, you know, this is what I think it is. It's a combination of knowing what you're going to do and make it easy and uh, do what's right for the people that work for you. Yeah, and specifically with USC coach, I, mean, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I, I've, you know, the coaches that we've talked to, I haven't really heard any stories recently. And, you know, maybe they wouldn't divulge this information about them sleeping in the offices. It doesn't seem like it's a uh, prominent thing right now. You know, we'll see more in fall camp. I think they do. There's some rooms available across the street. Um, and I know sometimes when a coach will, will just move and, you know, take the job that sometimes they're living in that hotel for a while. And, uh, you know, it might just be easier to just sleep in the office while you're getting up to speed on things. But I haven't, I haven't heard it being something that's going on quite a bit. Now, it, maybe they're just, they're, they're doing it and they're not telling anyone about it. Uh, but that's just kind of my take on it. Well, I hope so. And I think you're, you're, you're right here, Ryan, because a lot of times, you know, you hear those type of things that you're sleeping in the office, because that makes people think you're really working hard. Okay. So you want to make sure everybody knows how hard you're working. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't advocate that. And, uh, if there's a reason to stay, there's a reason to stay. If there isn't, go home and, and get, uh, get your batteries charged for the next day. Yeah. Like for signing day, like that makes sense. You know, when you, even like, you know, me and Gerard, when we're like covering stuff, sometimes we have to be up at 4.30 or 5 because the facts are earlier when faxes on the East Coast would come in because when, you know, I think it's 8 o'clock. I think it's 5 o'clock is like the earliest, like an East Coast, you know, Eastern time zone player could fax in their letter of intent. So you kind of have to be up early. So for, you know, if you're, Burning the midnight oil, you're staying up late trying to make sure you're getting everybody that you want as a coach. And, you know, the faxes can actually start rolling in at five in the morning. There's, there's probably not time to go home and sleep anyway. So I think there's certain events where that happens, but not like, you know, certainly not, you know, in July, like (laughs) pulling all night or working on our, you know, fall camp plans. Like, I don't think that's in the cards. No, I agree with you hundred percent. I agree with you. And I think everybody understands that. And, uh, I think coaches today understand that too. Things are different. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, it is really a 365 day a year job. Different. It's different than the NFL because of the recruiting aspect. I mean, there's just, there's really not any time to take off it. You know, the off season, there's so many events going on. Recruiting is changing. You know, players are, players are blowing up. Players are not doing as well as you thought in some of these workouts and you got to do your own evaluations and determine, Hey, do we think that he's the, the player that we offered six months ago or whatever it is? I mean, there's, there's just stuff you have to stay on top of and you have to stay on all, you know, follow all these kids on social media and read their tweets and um, kind of know what's going on. It's really hard for these coaches to take time off. So you would like <laughs> to go home at night and not have to stay in the office as well. Nothing like sleeping in your own bed, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like saying when you get home and you sit in your easy chair, even when you come home from vacation, you say, oh, man, isn't it great to be home? Yeah. All right. Well, coach, great stuff. A lot of different topics. I love the, uh, the rants on Larry's, <laughs> Larry's got Pac-12 commissioner. That's always fun. And I'm sure we'll get more of those as the uh, Pac-12 media days get closer. But thanks again, coach, for coming on. Ryan, again, I want to thank all of our listeners. And if you want to catch some of those little podcasts I do, just go to harveyhide.com. That's my website. I've got everything set up now for the passing a quarterback club under speakers under my speaking where you can get all the topics and all the speakers that we're having there. 
along with these uh, short podcasts I'm doing uh, and all the other different things and stations I'm on. But again, Ryan, I love doing this with you. I hope everything's going well with you and your family, and uh, let's get ready for football. All right, get ready for football, Coach. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Of course, his website, like you said, HarveyHyde.com. Thank you, Coach, and thank you, everyone else, for tuning in to this edition of the Peristyle Podcast. Plan for this week. I'll be around all week, so let's see. We'll probably get Dan Weber on, and maybe we'll do a recruiting one as well with Gerard Martinez. I'll look for some special guests, too. It's just gonna, there be, should be a couple of workouts at USC, so it might be busy, but we'll do our best to bring you a few more podcasts this week. So hope you enjoyed it, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.